0: Welcome to the EAT Podcast, episode number 31, season two premiere. Uh, we're just waiting for the ink to dry on Russ's contract, and he'll be joining us for uh, second season. He's <laughs> coming. He's coming. He's coming through the team right now. Well, carry your pigeon. <laughs> I'm coming. Technical difficulties here. Oh, Russ, here we go. Starting it off with a Bang. Uh, just a little, little
1: hesitation here. <laughs> right. I needed the right, the right cocktail. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How you been? I'm um, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm under, been under the weather lately. I'm back on well, the mend. All right. Well, we had a couple of weeks
0: off, and it uh, was intense negotiations. And tonight is the season two premiere, episode number thirty one of the EAT podcast, and we have a very special guest. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know, Benzinga is the, one of the largest outlets for financial news in the investing community. The company produces anywhere from 800 to 1,200 headlines a day, puts out anywhere from 80 to 150 stories a day as well, sends out daily newsletters, has a premium service called Benzinga Pro. Uh, they have a monthly subscriber fee for that, ranging from 99 to $347. Uh, Benzinga has about 25 million readers per month and about a million subscribers to its emails company also hosts several big events each year, including the Benzinga Fintech Awards, Benzinga Global Small Cap Conference, the Benzinga Crypto Festival, and an event that I actually attended in October, the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference. Benzinga is one of the premier financial news reporting outlets in the country, and Spencer Israel is the executive producer of Benzinga, Benzinga TV. Tonight on the podcast, we're going to have Spencer on. So welcome to the EAT podcast, Spencer.
2: Oh wait, hey, we're buddy. live now. We're live we're now. We're live. How are you, buddy? Oh, we're live. Cool. hey, how are we doing? How, you how doing are you doing? I'm doing. How are we doing? Welcome, welcome. Hey, this is weird for me. Usually I'm in your position, so this is this is unusual for me to be on the other side of the 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 glass. All right, so best. so you just right. sit
0: back, sit tight and uh, you okay. know, have mix a drink and we'll uh yeah. We'll shoot some stuff at you. you answer a couple okay. of questions and then you'll be on your way. It's, it's good endless.
2: deal, good deal. <laughs> oh, all the tables have turned <laughs>
0: <laughs> So for everybody that, that watches the show and watches Benzinga, I was on Benzinga Live uh, a few months ago, and I was on with the guys talking about some stocks and the Benzinga Capital Conference, and that's how we all got together. So we've been going back and forth, and I figured why not have Spencer come on and have him into our world since I was brought into their world. And I just figured why not do it for the premiere it's season two, and we're ready to go. So here we go. All right, Spencer. So you're from East Brunswick, New Jersey, going to high school there, right? Uh, it's not too far from New York.
2: How do you know that? Uh, yes, that's true.
0: Yeah. We, <laughs> we, <laughs> there, there is a thing called Google. Uh, I'll, I'll give you my sources. There's a thing called Google, and when you put your name in, uh, some stuff comes back. Mm. And, you know, I mean, some, some stuff is good. Some
2: stuff is bad. Well, I, I, I'm, exactly, a, I'm a difficult person to Google for. You are. I'll, Be, I'll tell you, you are. Because uh, if you Google my name, Spencer Israel, all you get is search results about Richard Spencer talking about. I've done this before, so I know. <laughs> you, you get search results for Richard Spencer talking about Israel. Right.
1: <laughs> Wait a minute. That's, that's a thing, Googling yourself? Yeah, yeah
2: I, I, I'm guilty.
0: Yeah, you yeah. you can set up Google that when someone looks for you or a news yeah. article drops about you, it comes back to you as well. I mean, Google right. is pretty good.
1: I do, I do got to say, though, the look on his face when you said East Brunswick, New Jersey, <laughs> there was a small part of me in there that was kind of like, please be wrong. It'd be great. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, yeah, if, it's wrong, right. if it's wrong,
0: Spencer's LinkedIn profile is wrong. That's where I got that from. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, I'd no, love no, for him to weird. turn around
1: and be like, yo, I'm from fucking Wisconsin, man.
2: That'd be awkward. <laughs> No, but I, I am from New Jersey. That's correct. All I right.
0: and, it, yep. And then uh, you went to University of Maryland, College Park, and got a bachelor's in journalism. Let me ask you: Was the the plan for all of this going through school to you know be in marketing, be in journalism, be in writing, TV? What yeah. was the What was the thought process? I mean, eventually we're going to get into how you landed at Benzinga, but what was the thought yeah. process in school?
2: Uh, it's not. It's not doing what i'm doing now that's for sure no the thought process was um i was like i love sports uh sports 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 but i am an unathletic jew and so i would have no future playing sports so it would have to be some other way and so i thought oh i like to write so let me just write about sports so that's that was my thinking right is i went to school and i studied journalism and the idea was to go into the sports media um you know i had internships at newspapers, I internships at magazines, I, I did some radio, uh I tried to cover my bases, but the the, the, the idea was something in the sports media probably written. Okay that, 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 that was the plan. Yep.
0: And then somehow you'll end up at Benzinga, which we'll, right. we'll get to not that. not
2: doing sports at all, but mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So let me ask you, what what was the first job out of college? What when where did you go out of college? Did you go into a sports firm? Uh,
2: yeah, my first job out of college, uh, I was a freelance uh, researcher for the MLB Network. Oh, that's not Um bad. And I did that for a season, uh, and my it was actually kind of a fun job. My job was basically I had two jobs because because there was the morning shift and then there was the night shift. Depending on which which shift you worked, but the morning shift uh, every day the, the research team would like they would have to just Spend their morning like looking up stats, like like really like obscure stats, and I was they're supposed to say that. <laughs> yeah, and the last and, team
0: to do this and the last team to do that.
2: Well, like like for example, um, uh, I don't know, Clayton Kershaw, who starts tonight, is four and zero with a one, 0, 0.54 ERA mm-hmm. in his last three starts against this team. Whatever okay. you, you get the gist, and like yeah. so, we would we would each be assigned a game, um, and or more than one game, and we would have to deliver a page of these stats that would then get printed and then passed around to like the entire network. So like mm-hmm. later that night, like they, they could say, for example, oh, and but you know Clayton Kershaw was five and zero in his last whatever, um, yeah. and so is that was actually a lot of fun, and there was like a lot of <laughs> pressure to like think of like re- like to discover like. Stats. You know, it was the morning, the whole morning was spent looking at baseball stats. That was pretty fun. Uh, the night shift was actually even more fun. I would basically just have to watch the games, um, and oh, note like what kind of interesting stuff happens, um, and then make sure that like the interesting stuff was like set to um, like like to be talked about on like the the, uh, the nightly highlight show. Quick pitch. I would have I would have stats for. Every highlight that they would, every you know, every like some voiceover stat. Um, that was also a fun, it was, it was a fun job. I'm not gonna lie, i not gonna lie, that sounds actually pretty, that in, pretty was awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, well, so here's what I'll say it was really fun, but after one season, I was I love baseball, but I was baseballed out, like really, I, oh, yeah. I hear you, yeah. Like they they are upset. Like I thought I I thought I love baseball. No no they love baseball. You know what I mean? Like it, after one season, I think I didn't watch it. This is for the twenty thirteen season. I don't think I watched one baseball game the following season. The following year, I was, I was just I was just so burnt out from baseball all the time. All I can think about is looking up obscure stats. Is Jerry uh, watch Joe Brockmeier? Oh, it, it, it's on my list. I have an I have an app oh. of all the shows I have to get to, and that's on my list. Oh, Brockmeier, oh, a- absolutely hysterical. Yeah,
1: that's all. That's all I think about in my head now, thinking about obscure stats. <laughs> is, oh
0: yeah. Jerry,
1: Jerry here, bottom of the first, and uh, all I can think about is that he's the first person on three consecutive Monday nights to right. strike out four times. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, the the, the funny part is like my I, my dad used to always make fun of me that like that's all that I thought I would do as a kid, and then my first time into college, I got paid to do that. So I was like, yeah, jokes on you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, it, it does seem like one of those cool jobs, like. If yeah. you had if you had a job in like like we're big hockey guys Russ and I so if we're we're working in the NHL war room or the situation room where all the replays go through and all the reviews that seems like it would be cool and that seems like something that you were doing for baseball yeah. almost but sort that of. would be Actually, a dream job yeah. for me
2: yeah 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 it it was it was a cool job um, well, I got to ask
1: you that you're a sports guy you're from Jersey you you fucking Devils fan. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so,
2: so a, a, as you know, of course, when you are from where we are from, there are typical allegiances, but you know, the, you know, they, typically you're like a Mets, what is it? It's like Mets, Jets, it's Mets, Jets, Islanders, Jets, right? Sanders, yeah. right. Yeah. And it's uh, so, a Yankees, and Giants, Gia- and it's, it, it, right, it's giant, right? So, I am a Yankees fan, first and foremost. I am a Devils fan. I mean, I'm from New Jersey. Um, I am not a Nets fan, though, I, I'm a Knicks fan. Um, and, uh, part of that, I, I enjoy the nets when they were like really bad, but once they got good, they became insufferable and the Knicks (laughs) sucked. So that made things worse. Um, so yeah, Knicks devils, Yankees. Uh, and to be honest with you, my football team is my fantasy football team. That's, that's the truth. Um, I, for, for whatever reason, I never really grew attached to either the jets or the giants. I'm not really sure why. Well, it's probably a good thing you're not a fan of either. Right yeah. now. <laughs>
0: it's a good yeah, thing I mean, yeah. of either one. <laughs> right,
2: right, right, right. I'm, okay, I, if I'm being really honest here, growing up, there was there was a couple years span where I I like legitimately rooted for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was like partly ironic, um, but yeah, that's the whole. That thing.
0: that was because of the color scheme that came out and they were the new team and everyone was like, <laughs> "Oh, teal teams don't have teal."
2: <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to say you're a liar. Um, that may that may have been a reason, but it was not the only reason. I think I think of it's
0: like the bro- teal starter jacket with the hood in the front pocket back in the day. It's,
2: it was sweet color scheme, man. I, I, and the lo-
1: logo is nice. I know you uh, you had no idea, but I'm a Colts fan, so you're just bringing up the Jaguars right now as a shot. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm
2: sorry, man. Okay, if, if whatever. I haven't rooted for the Jaguars in, I don't know, like 15 years. So. Still, it's just, it's just saying that name. We're gonna have
0: yeah. a we're gonna have a funeral and a ceremony later after yeah, you leave I'm us. Sorry, son, man. That, that, that,
2: was a, that, was a tough, that was a tough one. If it makes you feel any better, a lot of people lost money spending on the yeah. Colts. So I don't know if that makes yeah. you feel better.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was tough. So how did you land at Benzinga
1: after uh
0: after, yeah. so you're in MLB. I mean you MLB bounce, seems
2: like, around a bit or yeah, it
0: seems like a dream job. Yeah. You're in MLB, you're in sports, this week with the school sports, what you wanted to do. Yep. Did you bounce around a little bit more, and then land in Finsinger? Yeah, So the MLB yeah, so
2: job was never permanent. It, you know, they they hire up for the season, and then when the season ends, they just like let let everyone go. Right. Uh, that's how all the networks do it. Um, so I knew that going in. Um, so like October rolled around, right? The season's over, and I and I was like, oh shit! Like I don't. Oh, can I curse your the way? Sorry. Oh I'm yeah. Gonna, okay. like, let it rip. Let okay. it rip. Okay. I was like, shit! Like I don't. I, I don't have like a job. And um, that's basically how things went for me. And then I I, uh, I I had a couple of like non, I, I freelanced for a while for a couple uh, outlets. I um, had a couple like non-journalism-y jobs. Um, I did I did some like um, like temp work for Deutsche Bank, uh, ironically on Wall Street, but it had nothing to do with like stocks or anything like that. Um, and I actually like for a brief time, I worked at Macy's. I, I, I was a holiday help at Macy's. Um, I, I was go i went through like a quarter life crisis when i was 23 <laughs> and i like didn't know like what i was doing with my life at all um and then when i was uh when i was 24 m- my dad um was connected to someone that that used to work at benzinga or my someone my dad worked with used to i uh, used to work at benzinga um this is in 2015 and so, so benzinga got a hold of my of my resume somehow and they said hey do you do you want to like come out here for like an internship? And I was like, "You mean move to Detroit, a, <laughs> place, a, a place where I know nobody, for a company that I've never heard of, doing a job I don't know how to do?" Yes, <laughs> sign me up for that. Cold <laughs> so that's winters, what I did. lake effect snow. <laughs> right, that's what I did. um No, but I, I thought like, "Hey, I'm 24. I, I I'm not." Married, I have no kids. Like I've lived all my life on the East Coast. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it now, right? So I just ripped the bandaid off and I just packed up my car and drove. Wow, hey, you're yeah, you're right.
1: That age, you know, why not? Why not take yeah. a chance and do it why, you know? why not take a chance, right? You bet it wasn't out in California though, you know? Yeah, uh, that, that, that would
2: have been that would have been yeah better weather for sure. The winners here are pretty brutal.
1: So let's get into Detroit real quick.
0: What is it like uh, there with the sports scene? You're a big sports guy. I mean, you got the Lions the pistons and the red yeah. wings and I mean the, the tigers you're a big baseball guy but I mean it's been it's yeah. miserable there right like there's nothing really going on with sports
2: so it's I I def- I've those. definitely adopted I've definitely adopted the lions uh as like my home away from home team again because they're bad and like they're lovable losers and I really feel bad uh for yes. them um I don't know if you guys saw this stat I'm I'm pretty sure I think it was 2019 the uh, Detroit the four Detroit sports teams set the record for mo- mo- most amount of losses in one calendar year, oh, the four pro sports teams, right? Like no that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're they're bad. <laughs> wow.
1: Well, no. You gotta you gotta think though. You had the, the was it the ON sixteen season was close to around there for the Lions. You had the Red Wings were in were pretty much in despair. That's when the Red won the lottery thing. and didn't.
0: They had two picks in the top four or whatever it was. Yeah, you had, you yeah. had the
2: Tigers blowing in the <laughs> cellar. I mean, it was it was the opposite of Boston for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it's 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 actually stunningly, impressively bad. They've gotten a little bit better. Um, but you know. Yeah,
0: I guess the Tigers are going to spend some money when baseball gets back into uh, into the swing of things. Yeah, after the lockout's over, so it yeah. seems like you know they're in the mix with Korea. So they're looking to spend some money. The Red Wings seem to be turning things around. They got a good young team, and you got Iserman now running the show. I mean, yeah, if he that's... can do what he did in Tampa, forget it. You're off to the races five years from now. Forget it. You're going to be one of the best teams in the league. It's that's what everybody it...
2: wanted, right? It was Eisman So it's yeah, the,
0: it's the Pistons it. and the Lions. Where when are they going to get their act together and uh, turn it around? Because they're both the laughing stock, right?
2: Yeah, but also like you know something that we're, well, we're not used to where we're from is there's also the the college aspect of this. So like people here will gladly talk a ear off about michigan and state right um and for just conveniently forget that they have professional sports teams um but there's a lot like i'm definitely envious of that because we don't really have that where we're from but there's a lot of big time college rivalry like, like it's important here which is awesome
0: so keeping with that theme for a second michigan and harbaugh is a big talk right now in the nfl yeah. is yeah. so I, it came out the other day that he he will entertain offers or he will discuss things what are you hearing on your end of things over there? Because oh, as a, as a New York guy, I, honestly, if the Giants or Jets hired him tomorrow, do it. I don't care. You know, let him run the whole show. That was the big thing in San Francisco was he clashed with the GM. Let him come here, and run the whole show for either team. I don't care. What what yeah. are you hearing over there? Uh, is uh, is this just the ploy to get more money out of Michigan, or is he really thinking of leaving? What, what's going on over there? I,
2: I have I'm so unplugged from that situation. Um, I, I I will say that. Uh, the co-host of of our morning show, uh, Joel, is die-hard Michigan fan. Has had seats for, I don't know, fifty years at this point. Um, he he echoes your point that it's just a ploy. But actually, what well, he thinks it, it's a ploy by Ohio State to, um, right, to, you know, create whatever create a distraction but um a distraction I, yeah I, I i i don't know i just thought it was funny that that the owner of the dolphin steven ross who um is a massive donor yep. is a graduate of michigan is a massive donor to the michigan the the, the michigan business school is na- is named after him, mr ross business school um he was like yeah i'm not going to be the guy to take harbaugh from michigan so i just thought that was pretty funny
0: which i th- i thought that was odd because if if Harbaugh says tomorrow, yeah, I'm going to go to Jacksonville, uh, yeah, I think that Stephen Ross should throw him uh, an armored truck of money and say, hey, if you're leaving Michigan, at least leave for me, being the guy I am. Why go somewhere else? So, I mean, when he put out yeah. that statement, kind of like, I don't know about that.
2: Uh, wait, by the way, I just switched. Is my audio way better? I just switched my yeah. audio. I realized it wasn't. Yeah, you sound fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah, cool. You sound fine. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. The, if, the, the, the whole thing is, is comedic to me. I don't personally like. I don't think he's leaving. That's just my uninformed opinion. But well, so. you never know. Yeah, it's
0: always, it's always about money.
2: Yeah. Well, biggest, he has like carte blanche to do whatever he wants at Michigan. So,
1: what do you think your biggest culture shock was moving from Jersey to Detroit? You know, oh, just good
2: question. <laughs> food <laughs> wise food guys.
1: I mean, it's got to be uh, yeah.
2: Food, drink, okay.
0: girls, restaurants, okay. nightlife. Tell us about so, it.
2: So when I first moved here, I, um, I moved, I didn't really have a lot of time to do like any research or anything. I kind of, cause I ended up going on a trip to Israel and I moved like right after I got back like the, the, the two days later. So I, 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 I found a house on uh, a house on Craigslist, uh, where a guy was just running out rooms and I was like, yes, can I, can I live with you here? Um, so I did that be a murderer
0: was... for all we know. <laughs> well,
2: yeah, so this is, this is 2015. Um, Detroit has been on a, on a very slow, but steady comeback over the last mm, 10 plus years or so. Um, and at the time the neighborhood that I lived in, uh, hadn't quite experienced gentrification yet. Um, so it was, it was pretty run down. Uh, I, li- I lived in this house from September until May the following year and in that span I think four of my roommates had their cars either stolen oh. or broken into um and That's I had a couple like, of friends visit me and they were like, like wow. yeah I had a couple of friends visit and they were like dude what the hell are you doing here you're <laughs> li- living in squalor
0: <laughs> why are there bars on every window <laughs> yeah yeah I
2: mean like they're, you know, you know, dog, just stray dogs would just wander the street barking at night. It was like one of those situations. Um, mm-hmm. Like definitely don't leave your car out on the street. Leave, park it behind the house. Uh, but now I actually have coworkers now that live on the same street where I lived on uh, seven years ago now. And it's like, it's totally, there's like a freaking microbrewery on the corner. <laughs> like, See, yeah, that, that was not there when I lived happens. there. That's what happens. You move. You moved out and all the fun yeah. stuff moved in. Yeah, exactly. So so that was a that was a, a bit of a shock. It was just like living in like a city that was you, you know really pretty run down. A part of the city at least that was pretty run down. Um yeah, I it, it, I had some some interesting experiences. No doubt. Miss the bagels, the pizza. Oh, oh, you don't even know. So okay, so the the bagels in Michigan are are terrible. Uh, I was able to find one half decent place. It's called. It's actually called Jersey Bagel. Uh, their bagels are are not it's New York bagel, Jersey
1: New York bagel, New York pizza. The
2: the, the Chinese food is Mm. decidedly below what we're used to. Really, Um, see
1: that's one thing I don't understand. Is people say that around the country that the Chinese food, but I don't see it. I don't see it you know kung pao chicken is kung pao chicken it's yeah, not like where it's, it's,
2: it's the water yeah i don't you know i, I don't know i know it's just not it's just not the same although you know what we have here that that you that we definitely don't have in new york at least not where not where i grew up um i i didn't i didn't have a lot of exposure to like middle eastern cuisine growing up exactly. um there was a massive middle eastern population in in south in southeastern michigan oh um and the middle eastern food here is like ungodly good it's so i've
1: heard that michigan has a massive michigan and minnesota have a huge islamic population
2: yeah well in in michigan in dearborn which is where the Ford headquarters is which is right outside detroit Mm -hmm. um there's a large group of uh, Chaldeans, Mm -hmm. which are basically iraqi christians as i understand it um and yeah the food is like unbelievably good so that's awesome (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. I always thought that was weird. Like, obviously, the water and, and New York pizza and bagels and stuff. Yeah, I, I get it. You can't have that in, in the Carolinas or in California yeah. or whatever. The
2: bagels suck. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell I tell people that all the time. Bagels, bagels are terrible here. All right. So
0: so you land at Benzinga and, you know, Jason Rasnick is the CEO there. He's got a fascinating story. The guy basically started Benzinga in 2010 from scratch in his basement, basically, mm-hmm. in Alabama. Mm-hmm. What's it like working for him? Uh, and what kind of guy
2: is he? Um, he is how, however, you see wherever you see. If you've ever seen Jason before, if you've seen him on Twitter or seen him on like a stream or uh, whatever, and he is exactly the same way all of the time, right? He 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 is like he is himself always. He's very very like go go go. Him and I, it's interesting. Like I've definitely like learned a lot. About what it takes to start a company, just by watching Jason, and he is pedal to the metal, like all the time, all the time, um, and that's what it takes, really. Like to to to, you have to be kind of crazy, right? Started to start your own business, um, and he did it right. And uh, it, it takes just an endless amount of energy, which 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 he has, and the guy is like constantly pushing, pushing, pushing up roadblock. Find a way around it, right? Just constant; it never stops, and it's been inspiring to 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 watch over the years. Because yeah, th- th- there are times when, like, I'll like I'll get discouraged, and he he e- even if he gets discouraged, he doesn't show it. He just like keeps pushing. He just keeps going. It's very impressive.
0: It's it's a great story. I mean, it basically started yeah. out like a, a business financial blog, and, yeah. and now it's it's a multi hundred hundreds hundreds of millions of dollars worth of a yeah. company now basically where uh, oh yeah uh, a it's few months ago a, a private equity firm guy bought into you guys uh, mm-hmm. for several hundred million is what it was reported and uh, mm-hmm. let me ask you so that that company comes in they they buy a piece jason's still going to be in charge and run things the way he's running but what's going to be changing with Benzinga uh you know down the line with these new guys coming in and what what are they bringing to the company since they came in what have they brought in yeah. expertise that you guys might have lacked or what have they made better for you guys that you might have uh, improved on
2: so it's definitely early days yet the the deal was only announced in october right so it's only been a couple of, it was like middle mid-october so it's only yeah. been a couple of months um so not a lot has changed like on the day-to-day front yet um but, though it will but like the main thing is uh behringer capital uh they're Portfolio companies are all, they have a ton of experience in, in media, right? In, in different, um, media verticals, whether it's like, um, healthcare, right. Or advertising and in now in, in our case, right. Uh, finance, right. And their experience with their other media, uh, companies uh, in their portfolio, uh, is basically like the reason that like Jason, like decided to partner up with them right so uh they they for example know how to run conferences they've been doing conferences for a long time they know how to just leverage you know advertising and 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 different platforms and they because they've done it with other sites um and so um to answer your question about what what's changed for the moment nothing really i mean again it's it's early days yet right it's only been a couple of months but Mm -hmm. uh we are extremely excited i mean i can't even begin to tell you because I, I like I've been with this company now since since 2015. It's it's, it's been six and a half years for me. I li- I literally remember when our re- our revenue was like a couple million dollars like for the year. Um, and I remember when we had like 30 employees, and now we have 150 employees and another I don't know another 50 or so. Uh, you know. Um, Contractors, or mo- more probably, yep. Um, our revenue is like 10x, um, and it's just, yeah. It, it, it and now we have like, you know, a real partner behind us, and it's like night and day from like when I started here. It's 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 actually it's like almost emotional to like think about like how far we've come.
0: Yeah, it's a great story. And, yeah. you know Benzinga obviously in the financial news and investment business. Do you see them? I'm I'm going to label it away, a which I don't even know if this story is right way to label it, but. Do you, do you see them maybe expanding into like the barstool type of company down the road? And I don't mean that it's going to become barstool because obviously yeah. the financial you know, sector where you guys are is your bread and butter. But yeah. do you see maybe them branching out and you know, streaming podcasts, going to events, gambling, yeah. sports coverage in a certain way where barstool kind of does it? Do you see maybe that could be a, a way to go down the road?
2: Uh, yeah, there's a lot to be learned from Barstool just in terms of like how they approach like sports content. Um, there's a lot of lessons that we can apply to like financial media. Um, obviously, it's not quite the same because there are many more rules and regulations in in the world of finance, and uh, um, people are more buttoned up about things. Um, but yeah, there's like the way they like basically the you know the core of. It's not, it's not even the Barstow model. It's actually like, like the Howard Stern model, right? Like they kind of borrowed his model, which is like personality is everything and everything is content. Everything yeah. is content, right? The, the producer meeting, but the, the show before the show yeah. and then there's the show and there's a the show after the show yeah. and those are all, that's all content. Everything is content, right? Uh, there's a lot that we can definitely learn from that. No doubt. Okay. And then,
0: I mean, you're a busy guy. I mean, you're basically in charge of a you know you've got a small team around you mm-hmm. you're you're a co-host of Benzinga live during the day. You're, you're, mm-hmm. What do you do eleven hours on on YouTube? yeah,
2: roughly? so so we like as a whole, we stream every day eight am to five pm okay. um, i'm I'm obviously not on the entire time. yeah uh, i We have a morning show that's been going for. I mean it's, it's it's been going since before I joined the company it's probably been going for uh you know seven or eight years now uh car pre-market prep I, I produce that uh we've got a live trading show every day from like nine to like 11 11 30 uh where we just hang out at the open and do some do some live trades and hang out uh venting alive is our midday show that I co-host uh we've got uh, our, uh an NFT show I'm super bullish on called the Roadmap because uh I mean, honest, i really don't know jack shit about <laughs> nft I'm, I'm trying to learn um but those guys know way more than i do join the club yeah, 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 join yeah the right club. right exactly so we, we've got our NFT show we have our, our crypto show moon or bust we have uh uh cannabis shows um i, I do a short at, uh, at the close show every day for for the last half hour of, of, of the market session um who am i forgetting i think i got everyone um, i'm mm-hmm. sure i'm gonna forget someone but you yeah adjust- i mean we you just a brought up
0: crypto and NFTs. Now I mean I'm not a crypto yeah. guy. Russ is a crypto guy. And like he said, we know jack nothing. Whoa.
1: Easy on that.
0: We know jack nothing about NFTs.
1: Of and know what they wait, are. wait, I've
2: I've got three cryptos too. Which three do you have?
1: <laughs> I got Shiba, Safe Moon, and what do you call it? I just finally got rid of the last of my doge. <laughs> okay. That's not what I have.
2: I've I have Bitcoin, yeah. ETH, and uh Solana. You got the good ones. Yeah, I got the good. Right, I got the good ones. I got the. Well, I'm, not, I'm not rich yet, so I'll let you know if that changes. Let me ask you. Well, really?
1: speak, speak, speaking of being rich, off that, did you yeah. uh, did you have a few moments uh, about a month ago where you thought you were fucking rich when they had that giant glitch? No, in the market?
2: I, I I I that did not. Come on, that didn't fool me.
1: Come on. Listen,
0: I thought had a, a
1: millionaire. the a millionaire? I had a good five minutes where I was literally in my underwear, just about to get in the shower, and I was like, "You know what? I haven't checked. I haven't checked anything all day." Next thing you know, I got like fifty-six million dollars in the freaking yeah. bank, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh my god!" No, it wasn't that. Well, actually, no. no what, what did I say it was? What, it, was like, it was actually realistically like like ninety-six thousand or something. Yeah, it was. So it, was it was like a hundred crazy. From, but I was from like, from "Oh my the god!" What, what, what The hell's going on? But but then again, you know, my buddy brought up a good point. You can't even. It's it's like a, it's still similar to a stock where. You couldn't sell it because nobody's gonna buy it at that point. Anybody, so you, st- you still got to get rid of it. To somebody.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Was, but I definitely that, that had a five night. minutes.
1: Yeah, I definitely had a five minutes of uh about to call my boss and be like, "Fuck you, fuck you." <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. No. 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 It, it, it's it's not a gain or a loss until you sell. That's that's the catch. So. That's true. Yeah
0: what uh what are your thoughts on crypto and nfts are they are they a fad are they just you know something that people nah. you know is crypto something that people just invest with when the markets close on the weekend and then nah. nfts you know for me it looks like it's just a picture What what's the story yeah you know, what, what are your thoughts on, on, on those because someone yeah, like, I yeah mean, I'm not involved in either of them
2: okay I, I think anyone saying that crypto is a fad is uh beating a dead horse at this point I mean they're, how long do fads they, they do fads last a decade because at this point we're on a decade of, of bitcoin yeah, we are. I don't think fads last a decade fads might last well, a year or two i don't know i don't know if they lasted I, I agree
1: but. i agree to a point they they've been around for a decade but i don't think they've become popular
2: until let's, all right let's say about three let's, years ago well let's just call it i agree with you they're not yeah they're not a yeah fad. well let's just call it 2016 because that's when should kind of hit the fan at the end of the year so let's just call it like six years all right um that's an awfully long fad right and the fact that bitcoin is still around is proof in and of itself um i have no idea where the future the future price of bitcoin i hate when people say you know they call for a hundred thousand dollar yep. price by the end of the year i, I hate that because it's based off of like the wind and like <laughs> it, it just makes no sense to me um i bought some because I couldn't because I couldn't stomach like not owning any at all uh in my overall like portfolio of assets. Um and so yeah, I, I mean I'm I'm bullish crypto. The thing is I don't know how. I don't know whether it's Bitcoin, whether it's ETH, like ETH has more functionality. I don't know if it's Solana, I I, I don't know that. I just know that um You just wanna be in it. You want you I just wanna wet be wet and in want it. You wanna see
1: right. where it goes. Or, right. Or you, or you, or even XRP Ripple, which
2: yeah, but isn't there like an SEC thing around that? I'm I Well, you know. that's the thing is if they if they clear their
1: lawsuit, I think it's gonna go yeah. crazy.
2: Well, I remember there was a very brief moment, and this is this is in the um uh December 2017 when was it sixteen or seven, whatever you, the first bubble, the first peak, right? When yeah, when, 20, when Bitcoin
1: 10, went to twenty thousand right? was there. There, right.
2: there was a brief moment where Chris Larson, the guy who created Ripple, was the richest man in the world for like a couple of days. <laughs> and then he wasn't anymore and then he wasn't <laughs>
1: right well i think eventually it came back down to like i think it hit around three grandish and then uh then it started its climb back up again yeah yeah bitcoin you're right yeah i got screwed on that one yeah so i didn't even own it then so i i was going to uh what do you call it i got one of my bonuses from work and i put a couple grand into it but this is when bitcoin was 700 still yeah yeah this is before that first bubble and yeah. I was, nope, nope. I was convinced to uh, put your money in Robinhood and try stocks.
2: <laughs> and uh, stocks
1: didn't go so well. And I we watched Bitcoin go from $700 to almost 20000
2: Listen, though, listen. But, but ask yourself this. Would you have sold at 20000 $20, Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Before that. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay, before that. Before that, then no, then, you, then, hit, then you would have yeah. been crying all the way up. Oh, I sold at 10 yeah. and it went to 20. I would have hit five me? grand a coin and I
1: would have been looking at, you know, a $100,000 going, I'm out, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> it's the same thing. We, we have, a, you know, you, 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 hold a, you hold a bunch of shares of a stock and you always think like, oh, if it hits this price point. But yeah. half the time, you're not going to make it. You're going to get to 20, 30 percent and get excited and go, ah, fuck it, I'm out. Yeah, it's like we, we own a penny stock together, Russ and
0: I, and it's like, all right, it's it's at two cents or a cent. If it gets to a dollar, we're, we're rolling the cash and paying off houses. You know what? We're not we're not going to have it when it gets to a dollar because at 25 cents, we're probably both out of it and in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you just touched upon your uh, your assets and your investing and stuff. Yeah. Uh, What, what sectors are you in? What, what do you try to avoid? Like, what do you, I know you host the show and you talk about, you know, variety of stocks, you have CEOs on and all that stuff that you do, but you as a, you know, away from the show, what do you invest in and what do you like?
2: So let me just start with this. When I joined Benzinga, I did not know diddly squat about anything. I knew nothing about nothing. And I've everything that I've learned about the stock market, about investing, and not everything, almost everything has happened in the last seven years. So let's throw that throw that out there. Um, I have, and 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 the other thing I'll say about like investing and about stocks in general is my favorite part about it is that there really is no right way to do it. The right way is whatever way that works for you. If it's owning penny stocks in your case, if that's what works for you, then that's what works for you. Then that's great. Nobody can tell you that it's not the right way. It's kind of like dieting anyway, right? There's a bajillion ways to do it correctly. Right. Um you gotta stick to your plan. Right, exactly. Yeah. You stick to stick to you as as long as you stick to your plan, then you're okay. The problems happen when you don't stick to your own plan. But um in so in my case, I like for whatever reason became really attracted to to ETFs. There's a million things you could you could get attracted to, you could go into and become bitcoin and crypto you could become obsessed with um doing deep fundamental analysis a la roaring kitty right and 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 those guys and you could get obsessed with charts and be obsessed with technical analysis and looking at your indicators and your your relative strength and your your fibonacci and all that stuff um (laughs) whatever i just became my thing has become etfs i've fallen in love with etfs i think they're amazing so in that regard i've built my personal portfolio around etfs um and i've spent a lot of time uh reading and listening to you know other people much smarter than me about philosophies of investing and and philosophy
1: yeah correct me if i'm wrong i i am really a beginner at this
2: shit okay yeah
1: etfs aren't they typically associated with high high yield
2: dividend stocks uh well the great thing about ETFs is they can kind of be associated with anything. There's basically an ETF for anything. Right. Okay. Um there e- there are ETFs for high yield dividend stocks sure, but there there are ETFs for anything. An ETF all it really is is it's sort of like the like the bastard stepchild between like a mutual fund and a stock in a way because <laughs> it's on the one hand, it's a basket of of other stuff, like a mutual fund is a basket of stocks. Uh, ETFs are just baskets of other things, but they trade all day, just like stocks. They trade actively all day. Right. Price price goes up and down all day long. Um, so I have got in my portfolio, um, it, it, it is the, the majority. I'm I'm a pretty like safe like guy, you know. Um, I'm a pretty long term guy too. So I've got the, the majority of my money is is invested in in two Very, very broad. Uh, I have a U.S. stock market ETF. I have an international stock market ETF that are very, very broad. And then, and then within, aside from that, that's where I do my, like, kind of my fun stuff. I've got, I I own a few cannabis stocks, right? I own, um, I own Disney, which I fully intend to pass down to my kids one day or my grandkids. Um, I own, uh, I own SoFi. That's been an absolute piece of crap.
0: Uh
1: yeah, join
2: so, the club with paysafe. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, I own uh one of I bought one of Kathy Wood's funds in um when did I buy it? I think in February or March of 2020. Um, I think. Uh yeah. So I've got like a, one of Kathy Wood's uh technology funds, I've got an esports fund, uh cybersecurity you know so you're, um, you're out there you're, you're all over you have you have a good, yeah, a good yeah, mix of things. trying to think uh yeah i think my favorite one that i'm, I'm proud of that was i d- discovered on my own volition and i'm not going to get rich off this but um i i found this etf that it's not it's not super popular or anything but uh ticker is srvr and you will not get rich owning this but it's a it's an etf that that owns REITs, which are, or holds REITs, which are real estate investment trusts. And the the REITs that are in this ETF are like data centers. It's all just like server facilities and data centers. And like, I found that on my own I thought, oh, wait, if we're all going like to the cloud and the remote and all that, like there's going to be a need for more data centers. So I I, I bought that guy, uh, I think also in 2020. um, And I was pretty proud of that one. Uh, I do own one share of Berkshire Hathaway just just so I get invited to the uh, annual meeting. The class A um, or
0: the class B? <laughs>
2: I've asked that question before. Uh, if I owned the class A, I would not be here.
0: <laughs>
2: I'm, I had guessing a was,
1: I'm guessing that was an inside joke, but I'm, I'm when I assume okay. no, that. that plus yeah, the so class A is like two hundred thousand. Yeah, wait, wait, there's probably a large minimum to own that.
2: Well, wait, let's look it up right now. The the yeah. the, the quote, the Berkshire Hathaway. Class A stock right now is four hundred eighty-one thousand dollars for one share. Yeah, um, oh, that's it. That's I it mean, get, the, get the
0: checkbook. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the okay. Class B is three hundred twenty bucks. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's what I got. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so you know, I, I I think investing is very. I take it very seriously. I take it very seriously, but you know, you should you should also have some fun. So what do you, uh, obviously COVID is the
0: big thing and you know, that's just yeah different variants and it's coming back and it's going away and travel stocks and hospitality and everything. Mm-hmm. What do you, How do you feel about that for 2022? Do you think, you know, vacationing is coming back the way it was before? Is it going to be scaled back? Is that something you would want to be, not all in on, but you know, is that COVID plays or the hospitality play coming out of COVID? Is that something you're looking at?
2: In terms of like stocks?
0: Yeah, uh, investing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, the, the, I mean it's tough. So like, a lot of the quote unquote COVID stocks, right? Like the stocks that been the companies that benefited from the pandemic, yep. right? Zoom, Peloton, um, Netflix, Etsy, Disney, Etsy, right? You know. A lot of these like um, these stocks just had huge run. Moderna had huge runs, and have just like completely crashed, yep. right? In the in the last. 11 months or so right uh 10 11 months
1: i don't think um, people were over they made their money they're over covered and i i think most of it served their purpose already
2: well right that, that's certainly one school of thought the other school of thought is that you know in zoom in zoom's case what, what did zoom get to like 480 or something yeah, uh, 480, yeah around there yeah and and you know and what, it took what, a beating what what, what, what what is zoom at right now uh it's at what's at 170. So the other thought is like, hey, you did it once, I can do it again. Uh Zoom is not ed- and hey, I'm I'm getting it for cheap, right? Cuz a year ago I would have had to pay 480. Now I'm only paying 170. Um but uh um, Zoom may
1: be one of those companies that could survive the future cuz now there are a lot of companies itself that are transitioning to, you know, at a workplace uh you know. Yeah, I'll I mean
2: it's it. T- it, it, it's tough. Um because at a certain point you know we always say valuation does matter you know the price you pay for something matters as it relates to their future earnings um the fact of the matter is all these stocks they got really really expensive and they've they're less expensive now but they're still they're still expensive with the bottom line um there's definitely a lesson to be to be learned there that price matters well, price doesn't matter until it does and it, and it definitely started started mattering last year I don't know going forward I think if you want to have a little bit of exposure to like growth you know that's totally cool it's it's worth having some in your portfolio uh if you are someone that is not that's gonna buy a stock and not sell it when it falls twenty percent and watch it fall 60 seventy percent um
0: we've been there before
2: yeah like <laughs> You have to know why you own something. You know what I mean. Like, if you bought Zoom in November of 2020, and you're thinking you're gonna like get rich off it, and now you've lost, you know, more than half your money, um, you have to know why you bought. Did you buy it so for the long term? Did you really buy it for a three or four or five year holding period? Because if you did, then why are you even looking at the stock right yeah. now? Who cares? Who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, if um, you want to add more and add more, but don't right. think about selling it
0: because it's
2: right, a plan. right. But yeah, you gotta have you gotta know you gotta have a plan. You gotta have some kind of a plan it is the bottom line. Um, and the people that don't are the ones that are that are getting getting screwed the most probably. So well, I don't know is the answer to your question. I don't know about the casinos or the airlines or the cruise lines or technology or anything like that. I, I my my working theory for the year is that the whole stock market is just going to be up down up down up down just continuously just like a pogo stick just up down are you up, one down. of
0: those guys that believes that everyone you know not everyone but when people say oh the S&P is going to dump 20% this year or oh the next crash is coming or the bubble's going to burst i mean oh man i hate that okay right? like cool. are you, are you, so when you hear all that what do you cringe and then what do you think
2: i cringe so i cringe so hard jerry i cringe so hard <laughs> okay first off the, the next crash is always coming always it, by definition, it, we are always on the way, just like we're always on the way to death, right? <laughs> the, the next crash is always coming eventually, okay? Um, people say, oh, this won't end well. It never ends well. There is always a crash that makes it not end well. That's how markets work, <laughs> it, it, go, it goes in cycles, right? But like people that spend their whole life calling for a crash, by definition, based on historical patterns, you're wrong. Like ninety percent of the time or more. Yeah. Do you want to be wrong nine times out of ten? I I don't. I'd I don't. Be, I'd rather, I'd rather like be. Right. Right. like <laughs> Right. Exactly. But like, yeah. Right. I I, right. I, I right. so so, so, per, so I think that like the the decade of the two thousand to oh nine like that decade really uh, messed with a lot of people's heads as they think about the market especially the the great recession the financial crisis because like and that and that whole thing was was that 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 trade was you know glamorized in 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 the book and the movie right i love the big shorts my favorite movies ever um and i'm reading the book right now um but it it broke people's brains and it made everybody want to be like that and call the top and be the smartest person in the room um for a moment and then but like that's not really how markets that was a once in a lifetime thing that's not really how markets work usually so i do not like it when people say oh s&p is going to dump 20 percent the next next month to based off of what it could happen it could happen sure it could definitely happen but it probably is not going to happen for the reason you said it would in which case you're right but for the wrong reason so you're kind of wrong um so yeah
0: and then let me ask you, how do you feel about Wall Street Bets and Reddit and all these social media you know, groups with the way that Not, I, I don't even I don't even know if manipulate is the right word, but the way they can affect yeah. stocks and the market?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know if I would say manipulation. And and <laughs> frankly, the stock market is manipulated constantly. OK, <laughs> let, let's not like act like it's not manipulated all the time. Right. By everyone and whoever can will. Um I, I've, I've been on uh, a, a subscriber of, of Wall Street Bets for, I don't know, probably since like 2018 was probably when I discovered it. Um, it was pretty crazy to see the whole thing turn into like a a, a place for jokes mm-hmm. to a place that like actually move stocks. Um, I think like the idea that they did something wrong is kind of dumb because like – they're not doing anything that like other parties aren't also doing uh the difference was like there's more of them because yeah. they have much smaller capital there's much less capital so there's more of them but like everybody on wall street bats combined all the combined all their money equals a couple hedge funds probably right in terms of just capital mm-hmm. uh, and they they also do dirty tricks right everyone does the market is full of 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 hucksters and people trying to pull shit. Um, so no, I didn't think anything they did. They didn't do anything wrong, in my opinion. Um I thought I thought it was pretty cool. Honestly. A heck was, of a story. It, it was historic. It, it, it had like they they literally broke a stock. They broke it. Yeah. It, and, and they broke the system. Like they almost caused the collapse of a couple retail brokers. Um the system literally was not designed for the sheer uh, amount of buying pressure that they applied, uh, to, to GameStop. Um, and then later AMC and, and also a couple others, but, uh, it was honestly like impressive the way they, they basically broke the pipes of, 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 wall street, which like nobody can say that, but they can. So. And then
0: it, it put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths where like Robinhood wasn't allowing for buying,
1: selling, limiting this, limiting that, I'm, that yeah. made a lot of people. Yeah, but I think I think part of the problem, though, is, is that while we all enjoyed watching the little guys win and it was fun, part of the problem, too, is they created such instability in the market as a whole and it caused so mm-hmm. much chaos. It, it, it also changed a lot of the ways that the, the, the big hedge funds are also thinking about how to uh, how to trade now.
2: Yeah, I mean, they definitely affected the way um, those stocks trading continue to trade. Right. like I know. I've spoken to traders that are like afraid still to short GameStop. They're not going to do it.
0: (laughs) Like they're not going to
2: short GameStop. Like they like the other day there was a the uh, GameStop went up because there was a thing in the journal about uh, they're doing NFTs or whatever, and the stock decided to go up whatever ten percent. And it wasn't even new news. And like you could have shorted it and, and made made a couple bucks. But like people are like, no, I like they're literally afraid. To short the stock because they saw what it could they, they saw what it could do right and, and, and they don't want to get run over you're,
0: now you're coming up on the one year anniversary of all that stuff so people yeah. are like oh it's going to go back up they're going to do that thing again get ready you know you're going to yeah. start seeing some money pour into it the next couple of days weeks. week yeah p-
2: potentially I, I i don't know um but you know the whole thing about um you know it started off as as a as a deep deep value trade that morphs into a short squeeze and then it morphs into more than that um yeah it was historic is the only way to describe it it's never happened before um they could have only happened on the internet right um and the whole thing was awesome to witness it was it it was it it was amazing yeah for the to watch the little guy like win one over and that's that's i mean let's not kid ourselves a lot of hedge funds also made money on gamestop right citadel makes money on both sides of the trade they made bank on, on that whole thing um but to watch like the little guy when went over on even if it was only a couple hedge funds even if it was just Melvin Capital to watch the little guy when went over on them was was it, was it was it was pretty cool all
0: right all right Spencer I want to thank you for coming on I mean we did uh, 50 minutes this was great I you know expect a half an hour but thank you for doing the extra time with us was oh, great
2: I lost all track of time I was having fun <laughs> <laughs> what uh
0: what what do you want to plug before you get out of here obviously Benzinga. You know Twitter
2: yes, uh, my, my handle is on, on the screen at, yep. at SJ, sj Israel uh, Benzinga which is our front door check it out Benzinga Pro which is our real-time news and research platform pro.benzinga.com. Check us out. We're on YouTube all day guys. We're At Benzinga just search for Benzinga on YouTube. You'll find our channel. We're again streaming all day uh, every Monday through Friday uh, 8 to 5 sometimes later um, if you tune in at any point throughout the day, you, you very well might see me. Come hang, we're we're very casual. We just kind of hang out and talk about the market all day and have some fun while we're at it. So check us out. Awesome, all right.
0: Ross, anything for Ross Spencer?
2: I'm good, thank you very much. All right, Spence,
0: thanks for all right. coming on. We'll, we'll all right. see you soon, thank you.
2: Go Yanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, buddy, that was fun.
1: I gotta learn more about stocks.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, with full-time jobs and everything else going on, that's not just—it's uh, not our our thing. <laughs>
1: you seem like a fun, engaging guy, and I offer very little to the conversation other than sports. <laughs> hey, let's get it. Jocks.
0: Let's get it. Let's get into some current events real quick. Machine gun. Ah.
1: Oh, our buddy Dingus is going to be upset. Machine oh. Megan, Megan Fox is <laughs> off the table. Oh, she's no longer available. And again, who knows that relationship machine gun Kelly's probably got her spread out across the table, laid out with fruit and taking acid, <laughs> it's acid.
0: Sounds like listen, a great Friday night, Ross. <laughs> listen,
1: listen to some of those stories. They do some weird shit. I don't know, desert and freaking doing all crazy fucking. <laughs>
0: yeah. So he, uh, he popped the question and she's now off the, uh, she's no longer going to be available for anyone, but you know, that's a Hollywood uh, marriage. You know how long those seem to last. And uh, Kanye dating again?
1: Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait. Whoa. I, I think we need a bet here. I, I feel an over under here.
0: Over over under.
1: Last more than a year. Oh.
0: All right. Yeah. Over, over under a year. Over under a year. Over under
1: a year. We're talking marriage,
0: under. right? We're talking marriage. Over under. All a right. Year, over like
1: un, a over a year. From the day that they tie the knot. I'm going under. And someone just replied, I drink her shit smoothie. <laughs>
0: Listen,
1: I've done some questionable shit.
0: Never Megan, Fox
1: the, Megan Fox is one of the hottest women on earth. I don't care. Anything that involves feces is not okay in my book. But, uh, but then for everybody that loves her, she's off the table. I'm going under.
0: Under a year for that marriage on that one somebody dipping their toes back into the dating scene Kanye <laughs> is dating again and Kim Kardashian who didn't even give any time with the uh oh,
1: no.
0: any time between the breakup with the uh, with Kanye going right to Pete Davidson Kanye is now dating again and Kim has given the okay to the uh the new girl for for Kanye she gave the approval she said at least she's not a hater and she approves so I mean that's I guess that's good. As Russ is hacking up a lung over there, we're going <laughs> to get into the NFL. And it was a doozy of a final, week 18. We're going to get into I the Colts. Russ, your Colts right left a lot of people flabbergasted. I got to tell you, uh, they put up a stinker of a game. It was the last two weeks, honestly, for your Colts, was win one and you're in. And they lost week 17. And they lost Week 18 to Jacksonville. Everyone, everybody pegged that as a win, and they got the doors blown off And What happened to the Colts?
1: The Colts happened to the Colts. <laughs> it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of like being a Met fan, I, I guess. Everyone, well, I mean, unless you're uh, unless you're like a you know, unless you're like a Patriots fan, you know, and Brady was in there. Every other franchise, I'm sure we, a lot of us go through it. We just had that feeling. The game starts to turn, you know, we just had that feeling. Going into certain games, just, you know, the Colts are going to find a way to Colts themselves out of it. I mean, that's exactly what happened. We went in there and we let ourselves get her kicked. Our offensive line was, was, was surprisingly terrible for one of the best offensive lines in the league. And uh, to no surprise, Carson Wentz was Carson Wentz and just looking more and more like we never should have traded for him.
0: First of we, all, I think uh, you guys gave up, right?
1: Yeah. Uh listen. Yeah. I would say we've done worse things like Trent Richardson, but uh
0: Yeah, that was a big but I, I don't
1: know. This is turning out to be uh he don't look like the fucking guy.
0: No, he doesn't. And we were discussing this oh, yeah. air earlier today. You know, obviously he when he was in guy. Philly. When he was in Philly, they put up a great start to that season and he got hurt. Foles came in and they won a Super Bowl. This year the Colts had a pretty good team. Jonathan Taylor's, you know, in the league MVP discussion for, you know, three quarters of the year. And then all of a sudden the doors fall off at the end again.
1: It you got to look at it like, like this. Is the jinx. You got to look at it like this. You have a top five offensive line. Yes, You, you have the number one running back. You had a number one running back in the league this year. Yep. Um, you had a defense that was ranked 10th in points against and was ranked first in takeaways at 31,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you should not be fucking nine and eight. No, you should You should be in the playoffs. You should be in the conversation. That's for me. The weakest link was Carson Wentz and Frank Reich. And the reason that I say Reich is because we started out 0-3. And if you wa- well, you didn't watch the fucking games. I did. But I'm just saying for anybody who did, a lot of questionable play calls, especially in the red zone in the first few weeks that led to either field goals or no points. Um, uh, but for, for the most part, I thought Wentz played pretty well. Down the stretch, I mean, shit, I, I would have rather seen Jacoby Brissett fucking back there than than, <laughs> than, uh, than Carson. I mean, a handful of games just, just you know what it is? is I get that, you know, he's not going to light it up and throw 400 yards and four TDs and, and whatnot. But we need him to be, goddamn. With Jonathan Taylor, you don't need him to be that, right? But you need, but that's the thing. You need him to be serviceable and not make mistakes. We don't need a hero quarterback. You have a, a wonderful running game, wonderful offensive line. You need, like, the Alex Smith type, the guy that just could control a game, didn't do anything flashy, but he played a solid game and did not make mistakes. Um, I
2: like somebody it. like Fred
1: that is what we need. Them.
0: Kind of like Trent Dilford with the with the Ravens, you know, you had a, a good running game, uh, a good offense where Dilford just exactly. didn't have to do, and the defense was your team. But the defense kept you in games, and the offense scored enough to win. That's how they their team is basically built, you know, yes. right now. And they just poo pooed the uh, poo the pooch, basically.
1: Yeah, that was but, quite. Po- it's crazy because that was probably the most one of the most. Probably the most overall disappointing loss I've ever witnessed. It was a bad one. Now with, that, now, with that said, I somehow still went on to watch football the rest of the day. And the reason I'm saying that is because I remember when the Colts lost to the Steelers back in whatever it was, 04, 05, whenever Bettis won his Super Bowl, they uh, and the, the Mike VanderJet. Missed field goal of the stupid <laughs> idiot kicker era. Uh, um I remember the games I couldn't I watch remember the a
0: few Vanderjet rants from Russ back then. <laughs> um,
1: but I remember it was the NFC championship game was after and I remember I didn't want to watch it, didn't couldn't even sit there. I think this was more of that was more shock, whereas this was just pure disappointment from the first fucking quarter. And uh yeah, I don't know what the uh, I feel like shit watching, you know, watching it. I literally watched every game this year. And then it ends it's like just, that. It just ends like that. And we, we hit a we hit a stretch where we had I think eleven straight games with double digit leads and we only won eight of those. We lost three of them, which were the against the Buccaneers, the Titans, and the Ravens. And think all you needed was to hold one of those leads. You can't That's be losing I, listen, you blow a double digit lead, okay. You blow, three of them, you, get fired. you blow three of them in a season. Well, I think that's the thing is too is some people were, were quick to 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 put it on the defense. If you watch those games, it wasn't so much about the defense as we jumped out to early leads and stopped our game plan and stopped playing. For, for me, that's what it was. It wasn't the defense. It was that I'm fucking gassy
2: um we,
1: it's the soda i needed something to drink um we we got out to a lead, got comfortable and it was the same fucking thing over and over again you know we let them just calm back into it so and then moving
0: moving along from from that uh funeral as we'll put it to uh the 49ers had a heck of a comeback against the rams the rams were were i think i thought i think i saw the stat 40 and oh when they had a halftime lead in uh their coach's right. their coach's tenure. And this and was the first 40 and one. Yeah, 40 and one. The 49ers stormed back from a uh from a they were down what 17-nothing, 17-3. 17-nothing.
1: That was and quite they... that was say now. That was the next game. And yeah. I remember watching that and it brought me right back in. I was like, all right, fuck my Colts lost, fuck it. <laughs> and and that, then
0: was... that got the 49ers basically into the playoffs, the old... they clinched the spot. And then one of the most exciting games of the year was the the nbc eight o'clock game between the raiders and the chargers now russ i mean mike tomlin came out and said he fell asleep during this game his team is you know, teetering on a playoff spot depending on who wins or who ties or what how do you fall asleep number one but number two this game had betting implications and this game had it all right russ you
1: No, know, i want to say is thank you to mike williams in overtime <laughs> Oh, man. I was shitting a brick for a little bit. You
0: know, watching this um, game, though, you, you saw you, – you, watching you know, this game, listen. you heard that Vegas was going to lose a boatload of money if this game ended in a tie, and that both teams would make the playoffs if it ended in a tie, and the Steelers would listen. get balanced.
1: After the enormous disappointment of my Colts game, I was – still had the energy to stay up and watch this. And I ended up pacing in my living room <laughs> during overtime with excitement that holy shit this is really gonna happen. First off, the comeback. The sixteen points.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, in, in the last four minutes to come back. Holy but be- Jesus. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um it, it was quite uh quite exciting. And uh but going into that overtime, Brandon State Brandon Staley, the coach, what an idiot. Listen, he got it. Listen, in the end, it – from what it appears, he got greedy and thought, maybe, oh, maybe I'll get the ball back and call timeout. But uh, if any, my biggest thing, as I said to you earlier, read the room. Yep. Anybody reading that room with two minutes left saw the Raiders just casually strolling up to the ball, running a generic dive and basically saying, listen, we're not intentionally going to kneel the fucking thing, but we're just going to kind of run out the clock here. Mm-hmm. And you heard it from Carr. After listen, I'm obviously not going to admit that they purposely went for a tie. I'm sure there were I'm sure there would be some sort of you know nasty implications from the from the league on that one. Um, but he even said it. Uh, whoever, uh, let's just go with Pam Oliver. It sounds right. Um, okay, Susie Colbert. Whoever, whoever interviewed her after, interviewed Carr after the game. Michelle She Tampoia? said, "Did that time did that timeout affect you?" And he said, "Absolutely affected our strategy." And like I said, to me, and even if you saw Austin Eckler's response to one of the the greatest players, which appeared to say, you know, we we were going to just run it out. And uh, I did listen. Everybody in America, I I mean, aside from people that probably had bets against it, everybody in America was rooting for that fucking tie. It's.
0: It was going to cost Vegas what a billion dollars if that game ended in a tie, <laughs> which the parlays and everything else that was bet on that day.
1: <laughs> I know, and after the money they already took hurt for me for the weekend. They uh <laughs> Oh, you did
0: put a hurt were, on. Them. I'll give you that. You did.
1: They were. Uh, they were down.
0: You know, but I got to say also,
1: you, you play to win the game, so it's a different situation. I, I I I understand what you're saying, but I think. It was two minutes left in overtime. I think they understood the gravity of the situation that, listen, even the Raiders, why risk anything stupid? Just hold the ball, run a generic running play. If something breaks, great. If it doesn't, you know, listen. I think at that point it was we're not going to do something stupid to lose this game. And, unfortunately, the Chargers did something – I can't say the Chargers. They played their asses off. The Chargers coach, Brandon Staley, did something stupid. To lose his team the game, so, yeah.
0: You know, like I, I just, said,
1: I think it just comes back to reading the room, reading the situation, see what's going on. There was no intent from the Raiders there to try to get the ball downfield.
0: Yeah, and then I, I mean, honestly, it, it's, it's a great story, but also, if, if Vegas wins or loses, you got to look at the, <laughs> playoff, the playoff matchup that's looming for them. Do you want to play the Bengals or, you know, or, I said it
1: before. Do you want to play the Bengals or the, or the Chiefs? Who gives a fuck? I'd rather play. I'd rather. I'd, I'd rather, rather play in play the playoffs than not play at play all.
0: The and not in play the
1: playoffs.
0: Yeah, you know. But so. now that now the Raiders are going to play the Bengals and they're not going to have to deal with the Chiefs. The Chiefs and they're they're
1: not playing. the Vegas losing a billion dollars. See. Boo! Fucking who? We'll get
0: into the, the our picks real quick after this. But Russ, right now, Matt Nagy from the Bears, Mike Zimmer from the Vikings, Brian Flores from the Dolphins, and Joe Judge from the Giants. Were the four casualties of Black Monday and a day or two after? Uh,
1: Um, Zimmer, well, Nagy and Joe Judge absolutely deserved to be fired. I I, I, I probably probably shouldn't even have made it through the season. Uh, Zimmer had his chances. He had and still has a very formidable defense in Minnesota, and a couple years ago had one of the top defenses. And, and they had a good offense a couple of years ago too yeah Kurt, listen you had digs you had to, you know and listen yep. they couldn't get it done and now they still have a decent team i mean you have kirk cousins at qb but you still have a decent team and they just couldn't do anything with it it was just it's time for a change for them and i, I guess the shock is the brian flores thing in 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 miami and yep. from what i'm reading it basically came down to tua and the gm because now you're reading that him and Tua did not get along.
0: And yeah,
1: I guess you, you're I guess, also I guess hearing I guess you that he didn't t- want him drafted. Yes, the Tua didn't want to draft the, the Tua. That Flores didn't want to draft. Yeah, and that you see, you basically, had you're either picking your QB and your GM or your coach. I guess you know, because like I said, everybody was surprised he actually led the you know, despite the 0 seven start. He actually led them, you know, to a shitload of wins after and had a winning record. But, uh, uh, yeah, he he wasn't as liked as we thought he was. So, originally, like I said, I I thought it was just him and the GM, but now learning that it was him and a 2 a problem, I I guess I can understand, you know.
0: And I think that's going to have to work. That might work against him down the line now. Obviously, he's going to interview with a bunch of teams just because the Dolphins had a great run where they won, what, seven in a row? They were in the playoff discussion until the final two weeks of the season after being, what, one and or one and eight, whatever it was? I still,
1: I still don't know how, but.
0: Yeah, but so people are going to talk to that guy now, but the, the biggest thing is going to be his voice isn't as big as he wants it to be. He, he wanted his voice to be heard with Justin Herbert being the dra- the drafted player, and Tua was a drafted player instead. So he might have that friction, well, the idea of friction looming over, him, Listen, down the road, wherever Herberts, he goes,
1: Herbert's Herbert's turned out to be one hell of a fucking QB.
0: Yes, he has. I
1: think you're gonna you're gonna. I don't. I'm not a huge on Tua, but I, I think you're gonna you're gonna, and I, I'm big on Kyler too. But I think the the young kids coming out here, the Burrows and the, the Kyler Murray and the Herbert, I think we're gonna be seeing them for a long time.
0: Yeah, I agree. Let's just get into the quick matchups, real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap this up. So Saturday, well, we'll end, we'll end it with our
1: interesting video from the Panthers game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Saturday, All right, real so Saturday,
1: sa- listen, Saturday, we got the Raiders versus the Bengals. I'm yes. on the Joe Burrow train. I- I'm riding yes. the Joe Burrow train. I I agree. Yeah, you know, you know, him and Jamar Chase. I just, it's the Bungles, but I think, yeah, you know, listen, I'm down. I'm down watching the Bungles win a title. Um. Patriot so let, me, and, let me ask
0: you real quick your, your pick before the season was the browns and the buccaneers obviously the browns aren't there so are you riding the bungles as your afc team replacing no. the browns okay just
1: make it short no, i'm not necessarily riding them i have no issue with them okay um that's only because i do like the bills as well i, I like josh allen um i like the defense that they have there I, I, i'm uh i wouldn't mind seeing them winning either Okay, uh, which goes, it goes into our next game, the Patriots of the Bills, which I still think ninety nine percent of the country is going to be rooting for the Bills.
0: Correct, I agree. They just don't like the Patriots or Belichick. Okay.
1: Um, but I think that's going to be <coughs> realistically. I don't see the Raiders Bengals being that great of a game. I see the Bengals really blowing the doors off them. But Pat's Bills, though, uh, I think that's going to be quite. A,
0: that's going to be a good one. Let me call the. Buffalo.
1: Eagles, box. <laughs> My wife in the other room. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs>
0: oh, Jesus. You, uh, listen, yeah. listen, the listen, Eagles are getting the doors blown off them this game, the right? There's no um, – and we're not talking spreads uh, either. We're just talking straight-up winners. The Buccaneers are winning nine times out of ten?
1: I, I think so, yeah. Um, kind of got a soft spot for the Eagles. I like what Jalen Hurts has, you know, done. He's been a little on and off. Um, been hurt. Me personally, I, mean, I love seeing Gardner Minshew in there. But uh, what do you call it? I don't I don't think they. Ha- I think they. You can't say they don't have a chance against the Bucks. But I, I, I do like what they've done this season. They did a quick little turnaround and, uh, you know, basically said goodbye to wins, and, and now they're in the playoffs again. Yeah, so their, their future is looking bright. And listen, 49ers, Cowboys. I know it's not the matchups of the, the Steve Young versus Troy Aikman era, but it does does bring a little of reminiscence to that nineties rivalry. If you're our age, back in the mid nineties, that was the that was what. spit something out. That was the matchup you looked forward to. Yes, it was like you look Cowboys Niners in the playoffs, like NFC Championship. Yep. was the shit. It was kind of like Western Conference hockey. It was Red Wings Avalanche. That was the shit. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm, I'm excited here. Uh, personally, again, I think 99% of the nation is going to be rooting for the Niners.
0: I'm rooting for the Niners in that game. I'm picking them to uh, beat the Cowboys just because I don't believe in Dallas. I, I never have the whole season. I'm surprised they, they won that division. But, again, that division is crap.
1: Oh, I just can't stand. I, they, oh, they got the talent. I just can't stand Dallas.
0: I'm going with the Fortnite is that one, and then ross
1: you got Steelers Chiefs. I mean, is this another foregone conclusion as well? Listen, I don't give. I don't give a crap. I can't stand Big Ben. And then again, I, well, I, it's not that I can't stand Mahomes. I like Mahomes. I can't stand his fucking what? It's governor and his brother. It's so annoying. <laughs> um, especially Jackson. God damn he's so annoying. Um, but no, I listen. I am. I, I am rooting for Big Ben. He can eat a dick. Um, and then Monday night first ever first ever ever, playoff game game. now I know the Rams were were your pick my pick was the Rams and the Bills and they're both still there Russ I'm going fucking for Kyler Murray to run all over the motherfuckers I'm going with the Rams they're gonna beat them so bad they're gonna wish that they were back in fucking St. Louis listen my my football picks this year were
0: absolute garbage I finished the year 24 and 30. If this is the only thing my, you got going left.
1: This is all you got going left.
0: If you give me my Super Bowl, I I can forget about the twenty-four and thirty. Regular <laughs> Rams, Bills, Super Bowl.
1: Oh, speaking of Rams, they just brought <laughs> Eric Weddle out of retirement. Yes, they did. Everybody, everybody's fucking jumping on the train now.
0: Yep, I saw that today. Yeah. All right, and real quick. Last night there was a hot Last night there was a hockey game in florida between the panthers and the senators but the action wasn't on the ice <laughs> the action was in the stands
1: oh yeah and um, uh kodak black decided that his, his seats weren't good enough. he got a uh <laughs> so he ended up getting a uh, you know a balcony suite here and uh <laughs> he's having a little fun and i'm not gonna lie he's got the you know, Ah, shit, man! I, I mean, how many people got ever? How many people have ever gotten late at a hockey game like that? If you if you watched last night,
0: he was on the glass with his fiance, and they apparently didn't like the view or didn't like the atmosphere or whatever. And nah, man, just one fuck. Then they moved up their uh, they moved up their viewing uh you know their viewing experience into a suite,
1: and there's nobody in the suite but them.
0: And well, no, there's people,
1: there's people in there. I think they were more like, the, the maybe they're looking out or something. I mean, it looks like he's, looks like he's doing her in the
0: butt. What can so I say? If you're watching the stream live and not listening on Spotify, if you're listening on Spotify to, to the replay, obviously you're going to have to go YouTube this. But Go
1: look, go look up Kodak Black Panthers
0: game and you'll see what we're talking about. I mean, they're in the suite and you got four seats, the aisle, and then two <laughs> seats. And you might want to watch those seats now when he's done. She's bent over in the aisle twerking or grinding or whatever she's doing i mean we all know what she's doing and it just didn't think this was going to be going on in a hockey game but uh apparently it was and it's, <laughs> it's viral it made the news it's it's all over the place i mean it, russ do you think this is good for hockey i mean is it bringing some you know eyes that normally wouldn't care about it because of this expedition of uh effects yeah
1: uh, oh well this is good publicity. i don't think it matters either way i think it's more of just the what the you know what the fuck <laughs> I mean, she's on all fours and
0: he's holding on to the, the, the seat in front of him, from what I see. And they're just going, they're going to town. I mean, it's unbelievable.
1: <laughs> okay. It was great. Some people got more than they're bargain for watching this hockey game.
0: <laughs> all right, that's going to wrap up episode number 31. This is the season two premiere. Russ and I will be back next week if we're, uh, we're live. <laughs> Covid. Obviously, you can find us on Twitter at the Eat Podcast. Russ on Twitter is at WrestleMania sixty one. You find me on Twitter at Jerry with the mic, and we're available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well at the Eat Podcast. The upload for that will be tomorrow, and uh, we'll post out our NFL picks for the week. We're not going to do with spreads or anything like we used to. We're just going to put out our winners on uh, on Saturday morning for the whole. Whole shebang of the weekend and uh, we'll see you guys next week everybody have a good night from New York take care. Good night from New York.